What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today. I wanted to thank you for all the iTunes reviews that you guys have been giving us and the suggestions in the reviews for topics and guests that you want to hear from. We've been really busy lining these guys up to be able to touch on specific or general things you guys ask for. So we want to encourage you guys to keep doing that. Keep emailing us. Keep leaving comments on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We check them all the time. We make notes. We make sure that every guest or every topic you tell us about, we're following up and getting these guys onto the podcast. So keep doing that. Today is going to officially kick off our SEMA coverage 2018. So SEMA is a huge event. It has tons of products, really cool builds. Your social media feeds are going to be filled with it. But we're going to go a step further. And Diesel World Magazine is going to be guest hosting the Diesel Podcast over the next week. They're on the floor, live at SEMA, and they're going to be talking to companies, builders, about anything and everything that's at the event. So we're going to be releasing a ton of episodes, and you're going to hear live from the event what's going on. So you don't have to wait one to four weeks to hear about what happened, what was released, any of that stuff. You're going to hear it almost in real time. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, your favorite podcast app, YouTube. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. You're going to be updated as as these podcasts are released. Today we have Christian from BD Diesel, and he's going to be talking to us about SEMA. They're going to be at SEMA and what it's like to be there and some things they're going to be releasing. And then also going through the BD-68 RFE and what they did different to build it and upgrade it versus some of the other options out there. So it's going to be really cool to talk to them about that. The 6.7 liter Cummins exhaust brake, which is awesome. Clean install. People love it. They're always asking about what exhaust brake to run. So we're going to we're gonna have them talk about that. The high 5 converter and the throttle sensitivity booster. All right. So let's, let's get right into this conversation with Christian and hear what BD Diesel is bringing to the diesel market. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, I'm Clint Cannon from ATS. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Dimitri from No Zone Diesel. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. Christian, it is great to have you on the Diesel Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Good to be and here. We're, yeah, we're really excited to, to chat with you. This is our... our uh, pre-SEMA episode, which is a, <laughs> a huge deal for, I think, all automotive enthusiasts and, and uh, especially, you know, about diesels and, and things that, uh, you know, are released and things for the upcoming year. And I've never been to SEMA. I want to. It's on, <laughs> it's on the list. But I know you guys are going to be there, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think we've been here for, or been to SEMA show for probably 15 years, continuous year after year after year after year so it's it's evolved quite a bit and it's it's quite a show uh uh and i always say it's the one show that you you have to go to at least once i have heard that from a lot of people (laughs) what's it like i I know it's in las vegas and there's lots of cool things and lights and it's just it's a great city but what is the actual event like well i think the event is uh is kind of like the city as well there's uh there's lots to catch your eye. There's lots of lights. There's always something going on, um, and and it's a big show, right? It, it is the Hollywood of shows, um, where everything seems to be so much shinier, uh, cleaner, and, and with more paint. <laughs> so it's just massive, right? So it's one of those things where you should probably bring a couple pairs of shoes and 
and uh, be prepared to be exhausted at the end of the day. <laughs> what are you guys going to be showing or displaying at SEMA? Uh, so we uh, we got all, we got a couple of new products. Uh, we got some uh, new turbocharger kits we're actually going to be releasing. Um, and again, uh, some of the uh, transmission components. We do have some new stuff, so I don't want to uh, uh, to spoil the surprise yet. So we do have our products in the new product showcase as well as by the booth. But uh, we always have a couple of new products that we actually are launching at the SEMA show. So um, definitely we're at, at booth uh, 20171. So all the listeners, if they want to come by and check out the new product, uh, definitely do that. So we have a f- fairly decent sized booth where we, we we try to pick the same location every year um, to gain this familiarity. We're in a great spot in kind of the main hall, the north hall there. Um, so it's uh, it's it's generally I think it's a twenty by twenty booth, so it's fairly large. And, and like you said, we have the majority of all new products there, uh, some of the older products, and, and it's fully staffed to, to answer any questions. And for those that can't go to the event, they can just go to BD Diesel Performance on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm sure you guys are going to be posting pictures and all that stuff. Definitely. So our marketing and our media team are actually headed down early to do some pre-shots. Um, we're actually uh, really pushing hard on the media side. Um, a lot of uh, video footage is being shot, um, and uh, yeah, so we kind of have a, a pretty cool idea on... on uh, to really bring the show out to um, to our customers and to the listeners out there, right? So it's not everybody gets to go to this. It's, it's really not a public event. You actually have to be an enthusiast with a uh, some sort of uh, repair shop or be in the business to get to this. So it's not a public event. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a little tougher for some people to go. So and we try to try to pass all, uh, along the excitement to to the general public with uh, with their media shots that's what's so cool about like social media or even this podcast is to be able to take all those products and all the things that are happening at SEMA and show the outside world the enthusiasts who are going to be interested in these products these turbo kits these things and they can see it and hear about it first and then Nexus going on their truck. <laughs> oh, definitely, it's it's a great avenue for for us to tell our story, uh, to tell uh, tell the story of what makes the product, what's behind the product, and tell the story about our people and about the company. So there there really hasn't been a better method um, at distribution of media ever. I had some product questions that I wanted to ask you. I've I've uh, seen them on social media. And then also we've gotten questions from listeners about some of the BD products. And I wanted to learn more about them and ask you some questions. And the first one is the BD68 RFE. And I think it was on Facebook. I saw a post that you guys did. And it was talking about the clutch pack stack for the 68 RFE. What comes standard in the packages. And I, it, I wanted to kind of step back for a second and say, what does BD do? Or what did you guys go through? When you looked at a 68 RFE in stock form and said, this is how we can improve it, and this is how we can give the truck owner a better, more stout transmission for however they're using the truck. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you know what? The, the 68 has has somewhat of a reputation, right? And, and so does the, the 545 um, and previous generations of kind of this transmission. It, it's, 
it has its fair share of problems, and of course, uh, with the Cummins owner increasing the horsepower and torque, uh, or even for a stock build, you know what, it's got some longevity concerns. And, and over the years, Chrysler has updated, has made changes um, when they see fit. But, uh, but for us, you know what, we see some problems right away. Um, so, and we took a little bit different philosophy. We spent this actually transmission, we spent the most research and development money on in, um, more on this transmission than any transmission in the history of BD. Um, so we actually had uh, pretty much dedicated the uh, at least a couple of technicians, transmission technicians, and two engineers going through this transmission to, to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, and so we've got a pretty good grasp on the typical failure modes. Um, and we actually learned quite a bit. And so we've actually published a couple of uh, technical or engineering blogs um, in response to how we go about testing the transmission, right? And that's the first thing. Always create a baseline, right? In a scientific test, you always have a baseline to compare to, and that's what we did. So we wanted to, to monitor what was going on inside that transmission before making any changes, right? So we want to start at, at square zero here. So and it, was, it was actually really interesting. And, and because of that, you, you learn a great deal, right? You do learn a great deal. You do learn uh, where there's been compromises, whether it's been cost or whether it's been shortcuts for production reasons, so on and so forth. So you learn those uh, pretty quick. So one of the big things we learned right away is, is that typically uh, these transmissions um, generally don't fail in a over-torque situation. It's more of a energy... Um, energy matter over time. And a lot of the transmission builders will understand this, is that um, an over-torque situation is, is that when you drive away and you're driving on the street and you just overpower that clutch. Generally, the 68, it's not a typical failure mode. What happens is, is under a number of high power shifts, that's when we start to see the failures, right? Um, and so that's more of a, a total energy absorption failure. Right, and ultimately, a transmission is there to absorb energy and transfer energy, um, and uh, an output rotational energy. Right, so that's what it is. That's what it's built for. So, and we've seen this, and what we tried to do is we tried to inside a transmission. It's not a great method to to cool. Right, every time this energy is transferred, heat is produced, and how does it get cooled? Well, it get it gets cooled just by splashing of transmission fluid, right? So um, the challenge is, is for us is to make sure we have the maximum amount of mass inside a clutch pack to absorb that energy. And, and, and how that relates to uh, Joe Consumer is that maximizing not only the clutch surfaces, but maximizing uh, the mass of steel, right? So the old school mentality was put a couple of thin clutches in there, get a couple extra, increase my torque holding capacity by 25, 30, 40%. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey, we need that mass in there. And what I mean by that mass, we need the steel mass in there to absorb all that heat, right? Every time I shift, heat is, uh, heat is generated and it's got to go somewhere, right? And if I have thin steels, well, they have a higher propensity to, uh, to yielding, right? And, and that's what we want to be careful of. So, so we determined that was was one of the early failures, right? We need uh, we need some steel mass in there. So and that's a big concern. So we could have obviously uh, made some compromises and just maximized the total number of clutches, friction materials, and steels in there. But you know what? We step back, making sure how do we maximize the the steel mass? Uh, 
And so we've eliminated some failures there. And this takes some time. It's not like, uh, you know what, you, you test once and, and you figure it out. It, it takes multiple iterations, right? Because there's a lot of variables going on, right? It's, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. So um, additionally to that, we started monitoring um, the valve body, uh, the valve body for clutch leaks, right? We started to see a number of um, DTC trouble codes that indicated uh, either uh, multiple clutches being applied at a similar time or uh, pressure switches being applied when they shouldn't. And it really got us thinking, well, what's actually going on inside that valve body? And so what we did is we actually um, connected a number of pressure sensors into this valve body and put it on our valve body test bench and ran it. And we didn't see any problems. So we were dumbfounded. We couldn't figure out what the heck was going on, right? Uh, so then what we did was, well, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a temperature issue. All right, so then in our solenoid or our valve body tester, we made sure the fluid was really hot. You know what? It's an aluminum valve body. You know, aluminum expands when it's hot some of the, and the valves and some of the clearances. And so, you know what? We thought we'd give that a shot. Nope, didn't see any leakage whatsoever. So we were puzzled. So then we... Uh, we cut up a transmission pan and, and plumbed uh, a number of uh, hydraulic circuits into it along with pressure switches. Um, it was quite the skeleton kind of contraption hanging off the bottom of the transmission. Um, and then we took it for a drive. And lo and behold, we saw something totally different. So, so whether it's a combination of um, inside the transmission with the actual torque of the transmission as we accelerate, we actually see uh, what we call as cross leaks. So cross leaks are, are where uh, fluid is passing from one channel in the valve body to the next. And lo and behold, boom, we found where, uh, where two clutches, where the, uh, the direct and the overdrive were actually being applied at the same time, right? Um, and lo and behold, that's how we determined that, heck, you know what, we need a gasket in place, right? So, um, and that solved that issue. We tried, we tried all sorts of different variants of trying to um, correct the issue, whether it be flat sanding, whether it be machining, whether it be all sorts of stuff. And we found that the gasket was the cheapest, most effective way at, at fixing the cross leaks. And, and to date, um, that is probably the second largest failure mode on a 68 RFE is the cross leak through um, the the valve body or separator plates. When you have the cross leak, say in a stock 68 RFE, what is the resulting carnage, so to speak, that happens with the transmission? Is it burned up clutches? Is it? Yeah, it's the burned up clutches, right? So inherently in the transmission, um, there's a number of springs, uh, and I, I'll call them counter springs. Uh, but they're all they're kind of like a Belleville washer, and a Belleville washer is basically a flat uh, disc, and it's actually bowed, and it, and it creates it's a spring per se, right? And so, in a lot of these clutch packs, they have these um, just in case there are these cross leaks, and so these springs um, prevent uh, the uh, the clutch from artificially applying when it's not need to not needed, right? And so, in fact, in in one of the clutches, you would actually have to overcome about 15 psi of, uh, or you would need 15 psi of hydraulic pressure to apply and overcome this spring um, to actually apply that clutch back. But in a lot of the cases, we're, we're increasing line pressure to increase torque capacity, um, which puts us in a danger zone, 
right? Um, and a lot of our testing we've seen, we've seen upwards uh, pressure in excess of 225 mainline PSI, and in these cross leaks, I'm getting 18 PSI. So I'm actually applying two clutches at the same time, and hence why uh, the overdrives and the direct are always burning up in these transmissions. So it's pretty interesting. So uh, we do have that listed on our blog. We actually, to determine these cross leaks, we actually use uh, some pretty cool technology. And what it is, it's actually, it's from the big OEMs. Um, and what they actually have is they actually have, it's called uh, surface pressure pl uh, paper. And it's two pieces of paper and you clamp it between the valve body, right? And you, you torque, you tighten it down. That valve body, uh, heck, I think it's got about 56 screws, right? So there's a lot of screws that you tighten it down, you torque them all up, and you pull it apart. And now this piece of paper actually shows the compressive load, right? So it's typically cool. used for cylinder heads, head gaskets, and that type of stuff. So it's mm -hmm. used purely as a technical basis to see, to make sure I get enough clamp load. And so we use this paper to, to really give us an idea of uh, where these cross leaks occurred and how to cure these cross leaks, right? And so um, using technology, uh, we can kind of figure, kind of get the shortcut to the goal, right? So it was pretty neat. What we're finding with a lot of our listeners is they may not be new to diesels, but they're newer to the 6.7 platform. They might have had a a 12-valve or 5.9 common rail or something like that, and they get, a say, a new 6.7. And as things have it, you always want to make a little bit more power, get a little bit more performance for towing or, you know, just driving experience. And the prevailing thought is, as you mentioned before, with, you know, I'd say like the 48REs or 47REs is throw some extra clutches in it, put a modified valve body and something, and it's good. It's going to hold up. But there's so much more going on with this electronically controlled six-speed automatic that Dodge puts in you know, they're three quarter ton trucks and, and it's not just that simple. And I think, you know, what you were describing there is it takes a lot of time and expertise to be able to isolate it and say, well, we're not just going to throw clutches at it and say it's good as something else is going on. And I think for the, the new truck owner, the new six, seven owner, that's really important for them to, to get that. And then also, and we see this too on social media and forums and things like that is, well, I did these upgrades in my six, seven, took it out for a drive, held up great. It might hold up great for one to three to however many times, but that, that load you were talking about that, that, that torque that's repeatedly applied is where that failure three months down the road comes from or six months and oh, I need a transmission. For sure, and that's directly. If you take a look at a lot of these transmissions and even torque converters, right? There's there's a fairly simple mathematical calculation for torque capacity, right? Uh, larger diameter um, increases torque capacity. Uh, higher apply pressure increases torque capacity. More clutches increase torque capacity, right? So, and if you actually do this very static test, you know what? You won't find uh, a transmission that should fail except when you do it a thousand times, right? Yeah. And it's energy <laughs> absorption, right? And, and that's the challenge. And, and it's it's definitely different. And a lot of these transmissions are now having different materials, high-strength materials, right? Um, and like in, in one test, we found that the factory materials, so the pressure plates, um, are manufactured using what is called powdered metal. And that's a term that 
as probably resonates well with a lot of people, especially older power stroke guys. If you go back yeah. to the seven three days, oh my gosh, I got powdered metal rods, right? So, uh, and that's back into the two thousands, right? So all these pressure plates are made with powdered metal. Um, they typically have a density of ninety five percent of steel. Um, so they yield, and when I say yield, they they deflect more than a billet piece of steel, right? Um, and so what we do is we replace uh, the majority or the critical powdered metal pieces with uh, QT100, which is basically a, a high-strength um, steel that, uh, that stands up great, right? It's actually got a yield strength of 100 KSI. Uh, versus the powdered metal in itself, well, if you hit the powdered metal with a hammer, it snaps, it breaks, it's like glass, right? Versus the QT100 pressure plates that we use, I can I can almost bend them around 180 degrees, right? So they're very tough. Um, so it, it's quite interesting. So so I talked about those are probably they maybe the second and third most common failure modes. The number one most common failure mode, and to be honest, Chrysler's probably solved it. Um, they solved it roughly in the year 2010 when they came out with the hard anodized valve body. So I'm talking about the SSV bore. Uh, so this bore, uh, which is essential to the valve body and the transmission, they would have an aluminum valve and an aluminum bore. And over time what happened, as you would expect, they had a lot of movement and a lot of wear. And this caused, caused a lot of transmissions to fail, right? Um, and heck, if you're one of the lucky ones that still has a transmission from uh, 07, 08, 09, and possibly early part of 10, and it hasn't failed, um, knock on wood, right? So they solved this problem by going to a hard anodized valve body, um, and the hard anodizing creates a, a thin, very hard la layer. Uh, generally, it's about uh, three to four thousand thick, um, and it drastically increases. Um, the the wear resistance, right? And so you actually we to date actually we haven't seen a SSV wear uh, to the point of failure on a hard anodized bore. So that was a rolling change that Chrysler did roughly in 2010. So so we said, hey, you know what? Uh, we can't do better than that. Um, so we're just going to use brand new valve bodies, right? So. Um, there's a number of different kits, aftermarket kits out there that allow you to ream that bore and uh, something that we don't like to do because you remove the hard anodizing, right? That's, that's right. You don't want to do that. The hard anodizing is, is there for a purpose, right? So, um, yeah, so we don't, we don't like to alter that. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. The hard anodizing, and again, it's a simple technology. It's been around for years. Uh, we use it in some other, um, uh, kits that we have, not only transmissions, but some other stuff. Uh, for, uh, say, flow max lift pumps, we use a hard anodized uh, just to prevent wear. So all, all these upgrades come standard then in the BD68RFE transmission packages. That's correct, yeah. So we the only thing that we separate is if you want uh, maybe a uh, billet input shaft, right? So if you want billet shafts, that's the only thing. So I'm a true believer is, is that, you know what, I'm going to give you my best transmission at my best price the first time. Um, I, I'm not a big believer in options, right? Because I find too many options, it's too confusing. It's poor for distribution, right? Uh, yeah. for, with our transmissions, we sell through distribution, right? You can definitely buy from us, but I want you to buy through your distributor who's just down the road. Because then you don't have to wait four days. Because I understand if you do have a failure, everybody wants it fixed now, 
right? Yeah. So if I can get that transmission closer to you, uh, you're going to be happier, right? So. Yeah, I definitely have, um, I've heard that from especially shop owners we've had on the podcast where they're like, yeah, this guy comes through the door, his, his truck's towed in, needs a transmission, and the BD-1 delivers tomorrow. <laughs> and so they're they're able to go through those distribution channels and get whatever it might be, whichever transmission it, you know, model it is, be able to get it quick. So I think that's really cool that the, 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 the transmission itself, the 68RP, it's got everything besides that input shaft that you guys can do to them. All the technology and research and development solutions, it's right there and, and ready to go for the, the yeah, truck owner. Yeah, you bet. And then, and then we have one standard torque converter, too. There's a multi-disc converter, so uh, it's pretty cool. So there's there's a lot of technology into that, too. So, um, so it's one of those things when we design a torque converter, we actually design it similar to what the OEM, like we're concerned about NVH. Now, the majority of the listeners don't know what MVH is, so it's noise, vibration, harshness. So uh, we're really concerned with the drivability. So we'll monitor NVH. So uh, we'll hook a uh, vibration sensor up to the transmission and, and monitor. Take a look at for first order, second order, and third order vibrations. Hey, are we as good as the OEM? Are we better than the OEM? Are we worse than the OEM? Well, heck, we don't want to be worse, so what do we got to do? So that's when we actually get into the design of the dampener inside of that torque converter and say, hey, you know what, how do we adjust this to reduce the NVH? So so it's real. So it's a really an engineered system, right? So here at BD, uh, we got six engineers, and, and this is – this is where we geek out. This is where we talk about this stuff, right? Um, acronyms go flying by left, right, and center, and we figure <laughs> out how to make the best product possible and how to make it the most technical, right? We want technical um, technology in there. We want high-tech technology in there, right? So this is not a simple 727 transmission of, of old. The listeners might not know what NVH is, but they and we hear stories about it or see it where – they oh, get a converter or something. It. I guarantee you they <laughs> yeah. felt it. They know, yeah. right? So yeah, if you they describe do. it, they know. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up torque converters because I have been seeing for a while now, and I think everybody that's into diesel performance has, is the new torque converter that you guys have, the High 5 converter, for racing applications. And I know a little bit about it, but I wanted to to have you go through what is so different about this converter and what does it allow racers to to be able to do with their torque converter that prior I don't I don't ever remember it being around the options and what you can do with that. Yeah, you bet. So you know what? I'm gonna certainly say we're not the very first one in the in the aftermarket to come up with this. This has been done in the in the high-performance gasoline drag racing for a little bit, right? In the diesel stuff, yes, we are the first in the diesel, definitely. So, And truly what it does is, is that these racers would would take two, three, four torque converters to the track. You know what? And in a lot of cases, if, say, Derek Rose, for instance, he's producing uh, in excess of 2,000, close to 2,500 horsepower, right? So uh, he would take a couple of torque converters to the track, and uh, if one failed, he would swap it out, and uh, he'd get on his way, right? So it's, it was one of those things now where we developed this torque converter that literally bolts together. The back cover, uh, there's 12 volts. You unscrew the back 12 volts, and the whole thing comes apart. So inside, you can then pull out all your individual clutches, 
uh, your stator, your turbine, you can service it. Um, you bet. So it's really a serviceable torque converter um, at a, a, a super affordable price, right? Um, so it's one of those things. Now we don't have to send torque converters back and forth. If if uh, if you wanted to change one of the five clutches, no problem. We have a clutch rebuild kit that we just sell you at a low cost, and you just swap out the clutches. If you wanted to change your stator, uh, you wanted to tweak your stall speed, not a problem. So we give you all the dimensions, so you can either use one of our staters, or if you have a preference for somebody else's stator, um, no problem. We'll give you the dimensions of the stator height of what it needs to be to fit into the application, and and then you can go on your own test platform, right? If you have a large set of turbochargers that needs a specific stall, not a problem. This torque converter is for you. This it really works well to customize, which all the racers they love to customize, right? Every racer has a little bit of a different program than than another, and the High Five is perfectly suited for that. That is what's so cool about it. Is you're right. Like they do love to. Ch- they change things a lot. They they're doing different stuff. And before you'd have to pull the converter and either wait for the new one to arrive, send the old one back, or send the current one in, say, to BD, have you guys do a change to it, wait for it to come back, it's downtime. And with racing, it's pretty quick. I mean, there are events that are happening, you know, they're all scheduled, and you you got to maximize the time. So being able to get those individual parts or change the stall speed or something like that saves a lot of time and money as well. Definitely, definitely, and it's it's really about time. You know what? Nobody nobody likes waiting for parts. Uh, nobody likes standing around waiting for something to happen, right? So now the mm-hmm. racers who uh, who can really uh, take advantage and, and take the thing apart and um, and adjust that stall speed or tweak anything inside of it. So it's kind of a, an open platform. Like not very many torque converter builders will say, "Here you go, open it up, have at her. Here's what we have inside." Right. Mm-hmm. Do what you want with it, and, and we'll support you along the way. Now, do you guys have those? Is, is it for forty-eight REs right now, or, or which model? That's correct. Right. Yeah, so it's for the forty-seven, forty-eight models. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be a pretty popular racing transmission, even when swapping behind the Duramax or. Yeah, and actually, we've had that request too. So we've actually got a half a dozen or so requests for guys with uh, Duramax engines. Hey, could you could you make one for us? So. So, and that's something we take it by a case, uh, case by case scenario. Like, you know what? As long as there's enough volume for us to uh, to cover some of these setup charges and stuff like that, just because they're all made in house uh, on the CNC equipment. If if we can just cover those setup charges, uh, we're definitely looking to 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 push forward to more applications. Definitely. I think, and and where I saw a lot of this was with the BD Race team, which you guys have an incredible lineup of racers that are out there with Derek Rose or um, I believe uh, Paul Cato he's been doing different things and a lot of other guys as well and we see them not just in their you know, particular race series but then also in UCC that yeah, are out there so. yeah for sure we do appreciate our racers you know it's one of those things where it's a great avenue for um, for not only being an ambassador for the BD name but to get product out there but to get product feedback right and, and that's what on the engineering or R&D side, that's what I love because these guys, these guys do run the product hard, um, but they know the product. They know what they want, um, and so they give us instantaneous feedback on, hey, you know what, this is not going to work, or hey, this works great. Uh, can we do more of it? 
Right. So um, that's what I love. That's what I, I love that relationship when you have that racer uh, so tight and using your product, and so you can actually create another revision. So we've had that theme on the podcast, which has just come up over time, is the race applications and the innovations and the I'd say the design and changes that have happened in all kinds of products that those guys give it then translates into the towing and the daily driving products and upgrades that are available for the guy that maybe just you know is running a little bit extra power maybe stock power but wants more performance or reliability out of it so it's really cool the relationship between what's done in these 2200 2300 horsepower trucks now being available in a you know 450 500 horsepower daily driver to work truck and it's so cool to see that transfer of knowledge and expertise and and innovation take place in diesel performance in general yeah definitely it's definitely an evolution for sure there was a, a question that this is right down right down the alley what we're talking about with bd products and it's the exhaust brake specifically with the 6.7 liter cummins and that engine platform has been probably the most popular to modify since they came out but especially with these newer trucks is guys want to get a little bit more airflow um and you guys have a ton of turbo kits to be able to do that but the truck owner also uses it for towing a trailer might use it for work or they're working in the oil fields or something like that and they don't want to lose the exhaust brake and you guys have a really cool product to be able to give the truck owner an exhaust brake that's tied into the factory electronics that allows them to run aftermarket turbos, which for a lot of years that wasn't possible. And I wanted to have you give us kind of an overview of what the BD exhaust brake does on the 6.7 liter Cummins and how really how easy it is to use. For sure, for sure. So, so above the different turbochargers, it's really about options and trying to give the customer the, the a great number of options to make sure that the uh, that, that he's satisfied, right? And so in a lot of situations, there's a lot of great aftermarket turbochargers. Uh, say the BorgWarner SXE line is, is generally a high-performance, um, great-value turbocharger um, when removing the factory VGT. And, and we determine that, hey, you know what? You lose your exhaust brake. These guys are losing their exhaust brake, and, and they don't want it, right? They yeah. love the factory exhaust brake. And so, so what we utilize is a SXE uh, platform, and then we actually just do some machining to the back flange and allow a either um, a remote mount or, in some cases, a turbo mount exhaust brake to go into those applications, uh, which is great, which is not new, per se. But, you know what, a lot of the guys, guys, you know, these trucks are spending, or these trucks cost upwards fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. They, they don't want your old-school trucker toggle switch, right? <laughs> no. We actually tie into the, the factory push-button uh, exhaust brake switch. So um, our engineers developed a little electronic control board that actually taps right into it. And some of the early switches are, are very easy. Uh, the later switches require more of a, uh, a cir- uh, an electronic circuit along with a little control board um, because they're actually on the bus. Uh, but they just tap right in and and function just like a factory VGT exhaust brake. Right? And so that's the beauty thing. So the guy inside the cab he doesn't notice anything. He he doesn't notice anything different fr- about his dash. His dash is still looks clean, still looks like the $70,000 truck that he bought, and there's no holes in it or anything like that, and it still performs really, really well, right? Um, 
and we can get uh, great exhaust back pressure, right? We can get phenomenal exhaust back pressure on those applications. So it's uh, so the performance is there. Um, and then with the different turbocharger upgrades, the engine performance. So we can accelerate and decelerate in a, a performance orientation very, very well. I know it seems small, but it that is so it it's so true what you said about the toggle switch because like in the old days it's like ah oh, you just drill a hole in the dash put the dial there put the toggle switch it's a truck you know but then these newer ones are so nice inside and you don't really want to drill the dash and put something there and it's just i it seems small but it's you guys noticed that you guys knew that that the market didn't want that it wanted to keep the factory controls where they are and be able to use it to control this aftermarket product that gives you what you ultimately want which is an exhaust brake and a better performing turbocharger for the application that the uh that the truck owner has oh definitely definitely for sure yeah there, there was another product which we talked about probably a couple years ago or a year or two ago with um with brian which was i think is probably one of the most popular bd products and that's the throttle sensitivity booster. And we were, you know, before the podcast, we were talking about it and you're like, these things, like we can't, it's so hard to keep up with the demand of them. And so for the new listeners we have, which we've gotten a ton of new diesel owners that they, they, they might not have listened to all the episodes. They might not have read all the magazines or been on all the social media sites. What is the throttle sensitivity booster? And like, you know, what trucks is it available for? What does it do? What does it give, give the truck owner? Yeah, you bet. So, really, and what we've determined is is that, well, especially actually, some on actually the Dodge Six Seven, it's probably the worst for this. There's a significant amount of pedal lag, right? And the OEMs will tell this is is uh, torque. Um, what's the actual term? You know what? They're they're applying the power in a conservative nature to make sure they don't break anything, right? Or emissions related, right? So, mm-hmm. which you know what? Hey, I don't want to break anything. Um, Right, and I don't want to break my truck, but this is ridiculous. This is like this truck won't get out of its own way, right? And yeah. so we started taking a look at it and playing around with some different things, and, and we, hey, we realized that you know what, we could actually develop a product that really seemed to accelerate the vehicle by accelerating the throttle, right? And, and it, it does. At first, I was like, oh, this, this is, this is a terrible idea, guys. All right? It just doesn't seem to work. And then once we started getting involved into it and started developing some prototypes, I was like, wow, it actually really makes a big difference. And what it does, it actually, it, it doesn't increase the horsepower of the truck, so it's going to be warranty safe. Uh, it doesn't increase the emissions of the truck, so you know what? EPA and CARB are going to love you. Right, but what it does do is actually drastically increase the acceleration of the vehicle, right? And so what it does is it takes in the throttle position and it outputs a uh, amplified throttle position. So if I was actually driving at 25% throttle, I'm now driving at 50% throttle. And there's a couple of different settings, so you can manipulate that and and choose the so-called sensitivity, right? Um, but it actually makes a huge difference, right? I was a naysayer at first, but now uh, I'm a big proponent of it. I love it. Um, and, and you'll find that I really haven't found a customer who hasn't loved it. And so our kind of sales stick is is really try it out, right? At our local uh, repair facility, that's what we'll do. We'll just It's a quick, easy five-minute install. Try it out. If you don't like it, I'll take it off. 
if you do like it, come pay for it, right? Uh, yeah. Perfect. And it's one of those easy ways to, to sell a product that actually the customer gets instant gratification. Like, it's just amazing, right? Nowadays, it's really tough. And, it, and it, it's, it's priced very cheap. And you get this instant gratification where your customer is like, wow, I noticed a difference immediately, right? And uh, nowadays, it's tough to get that from a lot of people, right? A lot of products don't give you that instant gratification where the guy will drive around just around the block and comes back and amazing, Right. So, and really, it does make a difference for acceleration. So, uh, application-wise, uh, to be honest, uh, you know what? The sky's the limit right now. So, we're working on majority of all uh, newer Dodge vehicles. Uh, we have tons of gasoline applications. Uh, we have pretty much all the diesel applications. So, Dodge, Ford, GM. Uh, we do branch all the way up into some uh, Chrysler cars like the 300. Um, we've actually installed one on a Hellcat, um, and so all this stuff is, and it's and easy to install as well too, right? It's all factory connections. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool, and there and there's some options, right? So if if somebody wants to customize their own, certainly you can customize how sensitive it is, right? And by that mean is is how touchy the throttle is, right? So um, it's a pretty cool product, um, and and everybody loves it. Right, and it's money well spent, and, and it's one of those things that I don't have a problem throwing out a guarantee because because the guys and the girls generally love it. So, oh yeah, and especially because it's for a lot of truck guys and and, and gals, is it's it might not be ready to go all the way into compound turbochargers and a dual fueler kit and injectors and a built transmission, but they want a little bit more performance and the you know, like quote unquote dead pedal or the lag with it, or just, it's not very inspiring. So to be able to change it, especially for not a huge price at all and take five minutes, you're happy, you know, and you're driving around town or, or pulling a trailer or something like that. You get that performance for not a lot of money, which is really rare these days. And with these newer trucks and really diesel in general. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So it's, Again, like I said, it's it's rare to get a product that gives you this instant gratification that you know what that's that's money well spent. I know that uh, you guys are busy getting ready for SEMA, and we're going to be glued to social media to see what products you release. And I want to encourage our listeners to go follow BD Diesel on Instagram, Facebook, and be able to see these videos and pictures and everything else right as it happens. But we wanted to thank you for your time today and educating us on really everything that you did from the 68 RFE, which is some really cool things you talked about that we don't hear a lot in the aftermarket and the converter and the exhaust brake and everything else. And, and we're, we're excited for what you guys are going to be releasing. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited, right? So, again, this is kind of, you know, this show is a big show for us and, um, and I love talking about kind of uh, the geek side of things, right? We don't really get to talk about the technical stuff too much, um, right? And it's it's one of those things where where we always enjoy talking about the stuff we've learned and sharing knowledge, right? So that's 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 why we come into work every day is to is to break stuff and understand why it broke and make it better. Well, I think the the diesel owners out there definitely appreciate what you guys do on a day to day basis. That might not be seen or really known about but it it 
shows itself in the products that you guys have available and what they do, what they allow the trucks to do. So I think I speak for all the, the diesel enthusiasts out there and, and thanking you guys and appreciate your time today. And like I said, can't wait to see what you guys bring to market next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, stay, uh, stay in touch. You know, again, check out the website as well, too. There's going to be some product uh, releases uh, on the website, uh, dieselperformance.com. Um, as well as bddiesel.com as well, as well. So it's it's pretty cool. We're pretty excited. So you know what? I must thank you, Patrick, for the for the time. I uh, I actually enjoyed myself at the uh, on a podcast. Which um, some people know me. I'm not really a real social type of guy. But you know what? Once you get me talking about technical stuff, then uh, you can easily turn through 45 minutes to an hour with me. So it, I enjoyed <laughs> it. Thank you. It was funny about it is I'm not either, but when we're talking about trucks, it turned into a social butterfly. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and check out BD Diesel. Go to dieselperformance.com. You can see these products they're going to be releasing in SEMA. You're going to see them on their website. And also follow them on Instagram and Facebook. They are always posting updates, information, cool new things that they're doing. Um, race team updates so some of your favorite racers out there that are running bd products they have videos and blogs and posts and tons of different things so give them a follow and stay up to date on what bd diesel is bringing to the diesel market all right till next time keep the shiny side up